Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this very blustery Sunday afternoon is my friend Michael Eboff. And Mike, last week uh, we were pretty positive. Uh, the Islanders had picked up a couple of wins. You know, maybe they, were, they weren't perfect, but uh, things were kind of generally moving in the right direction. I feel like today's episode might be a little bit different. Uh, two losses back to back, one win that was not particularly confidence building. I feel like we're kind of turning back into uh, the 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 doldrums, so to say, and uh, or maybe that's just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but it definitely feels like we're kind of getting back to where we were in the very early part of the season, which is like, man, this team has got a lot of problems <laughs> after the last couple of games. Or am I wrong? I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, I think um, it's hard to it's still hard to kind of know. Mm. <laughs> I think what, what did we say last week? Like we haven't learned anything about the seriously. Team and, yeah. Uh, we still haven't at all. And, and I think that that's kind of reflected with how the team has been covered um, by the outside forces because nobody's, when I say nobody's talking about the Islanders, we say it all the time, but like, I think nobody knows how to talk about the, this version of the Islanders right now. Right. Um, people just look like when it gets to be uh, the Island, the Islanders need a passing mention on a podcast or a radio show. It's kind of like, and the Islanders are, you know, they're off to a pretty strong start. It looks like last year was a fluke. Um, and that's about where it stops, right? Like they don't <laughs> talk about anything else. Right. And maybe someone will say, you know, why aren't we talking about Noah Dobson or Ilya Sorokin? We're like, well, no, we are talking about them. Like we talk about them all the time. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, like I don't have any answers. I, yeah. I don't think anyone does. Um, the the frustrating part w- about this 
one and two start to this four game road trip was uh, that the they got away with one in Ottawa. Yeah. Um, the five thirty start, first time the Islanders have ever won a a game that wasn't played <laughs> in the seven to eight p.m. Eastern time hour in the Eastern time zone. Right. Uh, so at least they got that monkey off their back. Uh, so that was great. Like, you know, you, the Islanders didn't win enough games where they were second best last year. We talk about that a lot. Like in this league, you're going to be second best basically 50% of the games you played and you need to find a way to win them. Usually it's through goaltending. Uh, that game was bananas with special teams. And De- I think Derek Broussard had like 13 shots at attempts, <laughs> <laughs> which is, <laughs> he just was everywhere. Uh, and then, yeah, they followed it up with kind of re- not replica performances or, or repeat performances, but similar themed performances against Nashville and Dallas, which was uh, they played these spurts of, you know, 20 minutes where they were bad and then other parts of the game, they were good. And uh, they just never really gelled, gelled it all together. I think that there were some, you know, interesting coaching decisions. I know we'll talk a lot about the Josh Bailey one, but I also thought the fact that, Simeon Verlamov has started two of the last three games is a little strange. Um, I know Sorokin got Pete for five goals on uh, for that Predators game, or I don't know if one, yeah, five goals. And I don't think he was done any favors by his defense. Uh, and Varlamov, I guess he was pretty sharp in Ottawa and he was pretty good up until the end there against Dallas. Uh, but if we're, if it's because you're trying to keep Sorokin fresh, fine. You know, I, I'm assuming he'll start in Toronto against a good team, and they do have a pretty uh, packed schedule coming up this week: Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So, I guess that's like the rhyme of reason. But um, I just, you know, it, it feels like there's there that's part the the goaltending decisions are kind of part of this uh, whole theme where everyone's trying to figure out the right mix. But eleven, they're eleven and eight. They're in a playoff spot here as we head towards Thanksgiving. Um, you know, they still have a chance to get 30 points before we get out of November. So like, it's, there's still much, many more or a few more reasons, I guess, to be positive yeah. uh, than negative. Um, it's just, this is the running theme of the entire season. One, once one loss turns into two loss or once zero losses in a row turns into one loss in a row because of what we saw last year. I'm horrified. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I, I guess, uh, yeah, maybe we're not quite back to the beginning yet because they they have built themselves a cushion like we talked about a couple of weeks ago they really have you know they're, they're in the mix which is good uh and the season the sky is not falling the season is not over uh it is two losses in a row which sucks but you know they, they've gotten a few in the books which is great um but like you said we have no idea what this team is and before we get to the games i'm going to throw out some numbers here too that kind of get to exactly what this team has been so far this season through 20 whatever games right now, the Islanders are 25th in the NHL in high danger chances for percentage, which is way, way, way below where they used to be under Barry Trotz, where the whole point was to get high danger chances for their 23rd in expected goals for their 31st in high danger chances against, meaning they're giving up the second most high danger chances against in the entire NHL. They uh, are only 17th in uh, getting shots, which is not bad, but it's not really great either. But then here's the crazy stuff. They're fourth in shooting percentage. 
They're ninth in save percentage and they're sixth in PDO, which is of course the like the, the big luck stat. So like they are giving up a lot of chances. They're getting a lot of saves. They're making their shots count, but they're not really getting a lot of shots. And they're just not, they're kind of all over the place. Like the, the high danger chance for against thing or high danger chances against thing really drives me crazy because yeah, okay, their goaltending is good, but like, man, you're giving up these chances that are just all over the place. And and as we saw against Dallas, we saw against Nashville a little bit, and even a little bit against Ottawa, like they're giving up grade A chances to a lot of really good players. <laughs> and maybe and some not even some not good players in, in some cases. And in most cases, the goalies are making saves, but in a lot of cases they're not. And then they're just not scoring on the other end enough to win games. Uh, and it's a problem. And this is a very new concept for us. Like, you know, we were coming from a team that for three years had had this kind of stuff on lockdown and just, you know, okay, fine. They, they scored just enough to win because their defense was so good. Now the defense is not good and they can sometimes score their way out of problems, but when they can't, it makes the whole thing sort of fall apart. Uh, let's just recap real quick. Uh, the 4-2 win in Ottawa on 5.30 on Monday, by the way, uh, we were completely wrong. It was not a holiday in Canada. It was just the Hockey Hall of Fame induction ceremony, which I guess might as well be a holiday in Canada. Uh, but uh, it, it was, you know, nobody got off from like work or anything like that. But uh, it, it was a weird start time. It was a weird game. I mean, you could make this strong case that the Senators had the better of play, but the Islanders walked out with a 4-2 win. Uh, Wallstrom had a really nice goal, which is good to, for him to see. But, uh, you know, they gave up a five-on-three goal. Uh, Dobson scored again, which was nice. J.G. Pajot scored in Ottawa, which is always fun, too. And then, like, Claude Giroux showed up and was like, oh, hey, I forgot this guy's in Ottawa Center now. Varlamov was great, and they did win, but, boy, they were sloppy, particularly in their zone exits, which really kind of sucked. Uh, and as I wrote in my notes here, the Islanders sends the sends, meaning they did not play particularly well, but they won anyway, which is something the Senators do kind of often. And then you had the two back-to-back games, like you said, they're very similar. 5-4 loss at Nashville and a 5-2 loss at Dallas. In the case of Nashville, they were so bad in the first period, and I had such a long, irritating day at work, I turned it off, and I'm like, I can't, I'm not in the frame of mind to watch this game. And yeah, they eventually, you know, lost by only 5-4. They mounted quite a comeback in the second half of the game and, and really took over at that point. But it was already, they were already down 4-1, and, and it just was too little too late. They had five posts in the game, which, again, gets back to luck. But, you know, at some point, maybe don't go down 4-1 halfway through the game. You know, and then you don't have to worry about hitting posts. And then against Dallas, um, they had a two. They were tied at two going into this third period. Matt Barzell finally two goals, uh, his first two goals of the season. You know, nobody he certainly wasn't. He, if you watch his post game stuff, he was like, I wasn't sweating it for a second because he was he was playing well. He just wasn't scoring, but he got two goals now. But uh, the wheels just completely fell off. There was a goal off a face off, which. Man, I just hate that so much. That's getting DiPietro'd. We've talked about that a million times. Just, just so demoralizing. And then, uh, but before that, Jamie Ben had uh, had picked up a goal, uh, quick backhand. I still haven't seen the actual shot. It just kind of went in uh, off, of, you know, a, a coming out of the corner. Uh, it was a tough one for Vlahov. He was he was good again. He made thirty saves, but just wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. And you can't just always come back like that. They were also thirty six percent on faceoffs, which is embarrassing <laughs> and they mentioned that too during the broadcast so um you know these are not not confidence building games even the win was not a confidence building situation and so like you said we're stuck in the same exact spot like what is this team right now 
How, what what is the plan going forward? They their their defense has not been good. Their goaltending's been good. The defense gives up a lot of shots. They can score, which is great, which they didn't do last year. But you know, sometimes it's just not enough, and sometimes you know they can score their way out of problems, like they did in Ottawa. But against better teams than the Senators, who have lost like a million games in a row, so I, I know it's crazy, but it's already panic time in Ottawa. I know, you know. Nobody saw that coming. That's never happened before, but uh, everybody's already on high alert over there. Um, it's just, this is just a very odd team right now. It's different than last year for sure, but it's, is it good? I don't know. They're better, I guess. They score a lot more goals, but I don't know. I kind of liked when they didn't give up a lot of high danger chances and didn't give up a lot of goals back then, but uh, they got to find a balance or else this playoff spot that they're in now is going to disappear very quickly because other teams are starting to get hot. And that's what I think we're all afraid of. Um, I think one of the reasons that their kind of five on five metrics are so weird looking is that they're chasing the game a lot or there's just so much going on. They're they're very high event. So like someone's up one, nothing early or, you know, it's three, one in the second. Um, it's, it, it kind of just throws the game state all off. And next thing you know, like one of the teams is completely tilted the ice because they need to chase the game. They they Um, end up out shooting Nashville. Because their third period was so good. <laughs> but again, right. they were down yeah, 4-1. Like you think, yeah. <laughs> so you think about like all this stuff that's kind of like throwing off a lot of, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And right. But that's, once again, like kind of just the theme of the team, which is, uh, you know, they, they kind of step on the ice and then it's chaos. And um, at the end of the, the game, just you have no idea where it's going to end up. Um, and all three games were kind of like that. Uh, and the the frustrating part about the the nashville game and the stars game where you know they the obviously the predators game they didn't start well and then the 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 stars game they didn't finish well um and that stars finish you could see coming because i i I was pretty encouraged with with how they kind of approached that game and were playing five on five uh the power play was even all right um like you said barlamov was good and then in the third period it's you're playing a western conference team at that point, you just got to manage the game. You got to manage like the game situation. And they just didn't really do that, which is what their MO was under trots. It's like they just kind of, you know, knew how to, you know, okay, there's 12 minutes left in the third period. It's a tie game. The, the other team is starting to get momentum. We got to figure out a way through this and then we'll stabilize. And they just never really were able to do it. Um, that said, like that swing when Ryan suit, I mean, Kyle Palmieri puts one, <laughs> on the goal line and Suter sweeps it off. And then the next second, right. the, the start score, I mean, it's huge swing. Like, and that's, that's those kind of breaks were going for the Islanders. Now they're going against them. The five posts in, against the predators. Like, so when you're riding your luck, like you're going to have to endure those kind of swings going against you. And it sucks. And you just need to hope that, uh, you know, it, turn, it turns quicker uh, than you realize. But a couple of things that happened this week that I'm, you know, I'm wondering about our one, like this Nikita Sashnikov gets waived. Right. Uh, cause, cause I think that when we're talking about these five on five metrics and stuff, you, you can, you can find your form in a season. You can't find extra points in a season, right? Like you, you don't just get, okay, like, look, this team is, they're rolling expected goals rate is, is above 60% these last three games. Here's two extra points in the standings, right? <laughs> those, those, those points are gone. That's how it works at the athletic. You- but not here, not in real life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those, those, 
it, it depends on what NHL you're watching. Right. If you're watching <laughs> the one that counts, which is the one that, that takes place on, on the athletic NHL page, <laughs> one that everybody seems to care about now. Right. Um, those points do exist, but in the other NHL, the, the one that mm. only few, very few people seem to, to, to pay attention to these days, they don't. Mm. Um, but so like, I'm not going to worry about uh, the process too much until um, it, it really starts to, to nip them in the bud. The, the other thing too, like there, it doesn't feel the penguins are starting to, do what they do like the next thing you know the penguins will be you know 13 one and one over their last 15 <laughs> and and threatening to, to take over the lead in the metro right. um but like it does seem like the, the we talked about like that chasing pack is just going to kind of it, you know the teams are just going to kind of switch places for a while right now because nobody's everybody seems to be in a similar boat with the islanders the rangers have lost more games than they've won um and they're in the second wild card spot on the same amount of points as the islanders mind you mm-hmm. um just just with uh the overtime points booing their their point total while the islanders are um 11 and 8 without that overtime without any overtime losses and like i mean the penguins they've they've lost 10 games three in overtime and then you got like between 22 points and uh 18 points right now or we can make it 17 with when so we can throw washington in there uh it's the, the islanders uh red wings rangers panthers pittsburgh Canadians, Flyers, and Capitals, and you know you expect Montreal and Philly to kind of drop out of there. Detroit most likely too, um, and then it, it'll just be a dogfight for those spots between those teams. And and I still feel confident that the Islanders will remain in the mix. I mean, they're they're the third best, fourth best goal differential mm. in the East, the third best goal differential in the East somehow <laughs> at ten ten goals above. Uh, the Mason Dixon line. Uh, yeah, that's that's cr- crazy to think, but they've they've got their goal differentials five better than Carolina's. I mean, you look wow. in the Western Conference, there are five teams above even goal differential, mm. five out of sixteen. Then the Oilers are even, and then everyone else is in the red. Like the the league is so strange this year. Yeah. Um, and so the Islanders aren't alone in that boat. That's why I'm not too worried mm. um, yet. But like the the thing that's scary is you know th- this is the horrifying part. You got the Maple Leafs come in Monday, yeah. uh, Oilers, and then a back-to-back with Philly and Blue, the Blue Jackets. So yeah. you look at those four games, you're like, mm. okay, I, you can tell me any anything. You can tell me anything's going to happen in those four games. I'll be like, yeah, okay. I don't, because I have no idea. Like, right. They could show up against Toronto like they played against Carolina or mm. uh, against Colorado or Calgary in like, those third periods and and, and win. Or they could just completely dud out, and the next thing you know, like we're talking, and the next time we're talking, the Islanders are eleven and twelve because <laughs> they no showed. Like it's right. just they, I have no idea, um, and I don't I don't trust them at all to to take care of teams that they should take care of, and I also don't trust them to completely you know flame out against teams that are much better than them. Mm. Uh, so I, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I think like that's like the what is it the uh, all oh, these corporate buzzwords. I'm sick to my stomach saying this. That's the macro look at it. Um, <laughs> but you, you know, then you can go to the player level, which we'll do. Um, and you can point to specific guys and be like, yeah, like he's definitely part of the solution. This one's part of the problem. And uh, there's definitely some, some kind of weird conversations to have there. I think that's what it comes down to. It's just like 
We don't know. And and you're right. They do have a game against the Leafs, then the Oilers, and then back-to-back against the Flyers. And, and in theory, those are four games that the Islanders can win. Like those are, you know, they're, those teams are okay. Uh, we'll get to the Flyers in a second, but like, you know, the Leafs and, and Oilers are both on par. They're both really good, but you know, flawed teams. And so a team like the Islanders that is good, but flawed can go in there and, and win those games. But I have no confidence that they will, but maybe they will. I don't know. And then with the Flyers, they've always given the Islanders problems. It wouldn't surprise me to split that series. I don't think they would lose both to the Flyers, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Flyers came back and, and game so uh, i'm gonna be on uh one of the broad street radio podcasts with my friend kelly this week talking about one of those flyers games so um yeah i just don't know and and you know here here we are at thanksgiving week and you know it's all about sort of staying above the line and, and staying in that area but that's not a guarantee and so i, I don't know i just I, it just i don't know I mean, these last two games really even though I barely watched them, I was at AEW Full Gear on Saturday with my buddy. <laughs> so I just found out when it was over that that uh, they lost and that Matt Barzell had two goals. So I was both happy and sad. But uh, you know, they're just they they didn't they haven't done much to like make me feel confident. And then we, you mentioned it before, and we might as well get into it now. Josh Bailey was scratched for the game in Ottawa and the game in Nashville, and. You know, part of me is like, well, I mean, he's his numbers aren't really particularly good. And this is what people have been asking for forever is when he goes stone cold like that, you know, maybe he gets a seat on the bench and obviously he's done his thousandth game and use the rest. That's fine. And certainly Bailey's going to be the last one who's going to complain about it. Right. But then the it didn't really burn them in the Ottawa game. But then against Nashville, again, they were down four one. And Ross Johnston doesn't play for the second half of the game because they need more offense. It's like, well, this is where theoretically a person like Josh Bailey could potentially help you. Uh, and that's where it comes down to. And then he was back for the game against Dallas and didn't really distinguish himself in any particular way. No. So, uh, you know, and it gets back to, again, what we talked about before the season even started. Like, this is the same group that has been together forever. And on one hand, that's great. We love a lot of these guys. But on the other hand, it feels a little stale and you're kind of moving guys around that really you're moving the same people around in the same spots that the previous guy was moving around. Uh, and you know, eventually he got to a point where there wasn't much to do either. So I, I don't know. The Shostnikov thing is interesting. It does open up a roster spot for them. I don't know if they're going to use it. You know, maybe, I don't know if they're going to call up Ruslan Ishkahov from, uh, from Bridgeport. doesn't seem like the right thing to do. None of the other guys are, are really, you know, tearing the cover off the puck or anything. Uh, um, William DeFore was healthy scratch the other day. He kind of went cold after a hot start. So I don't know what it means. It's just flexibility, I guess. But, uh, you know, something I, I think at some point, something is going to need to change with these guys. And, and you know, even if they get back to winning, let's say, they, let's say they win three out of these next four and we come back next week and we're like, hey, everything's great again. It still seems very tenuous. Like, they're just, I don't know what what to expect from these guys again and uh i don't know if scratching josh bailey is gonna bring about any sort of meaningful change although i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are like you go lane it's about time it's like okay well now now they're down 4-1 to nashville and they're they're uh, you know we're giving up three goals in the third period of dallas and it's like well what did that accomplish didn't really do much or anything so i don't know still it's a lot going on yeah (laughs) the the thing that's frustrating about what's like scratching bailey for johnston is basically you know every time that johnson's been on the ice this season and like i like ross johnston a lot like i think it's he's his existence cracks me up (laughs) in a good way like he kind of gives hope to to people he's a very like 
if you're looking for the best underdog story in the NHL, it might be Ross Johnston. He's been here since 2017, basically, in the same role, right. 25, 30 games a season at most. Plays a couple minutes a night. Don't see him for for a while. Months at a time. Again. <laughs> and yeah, you can't. And he's on a four year contract, one million a year. That, um, whatever. Like it's just, it's a great gig, mm. um, for him and for like that guy. Um, there's definitely no other player in the NHL like it. That's been been on this, you know, you know, on the team for that long. It's, he's basically a modern day, you know, Eric Bolton or Goddard or uh, you know, someone along those lines. Donald Brashear, just a guy that. But those guys played every night. Like I can't think of a player that played twenty to thirty games a season, if mm-hmm. that, um, and just stuck around with the big club and kept getting these extensions. But uh, that's a different kind of conversation. But he he clearly isn't um, tilting the ice, pushing play in the right direction. And I think that Predators' fourth goal uh, was scored with him on the ice, and the Islanders basically were like looked like they were killing a penalty. He's done a couple. He's 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 committed a couple penalties too, um, that he shouldn't have. Uh, I think mm. the Senators game, he like got into like a little tussle along the boards, uh, with someone and just like kept going and got caught. He you know you're you're six foot five. The ref's gonna pull you out of that scrum every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is you know that's just frustrating because if you are if you know when he gets tapped, his the whole point of him joining the 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 lineup is like. You need to you. There's no margin for error for you because you know you're not gonna you're not gonna contribute offensively. All likelihood, so you you better not take away on the other facets facets of the game. But um, so I can't. You can't really make an argument that Bailey didn't really deserve <laughs> uh, his fate, right? Like right. he's he's his numbers he are atrocious. Hot stretch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, and he had that little hot stretch along the mm. around his 1,000th game, and then this kind of just step back to this forum where he was for most of last year. Um, and it's frustrating. Cause like, like I remember he had one shift last night against the stars where it's like, yes, that like, just do more of that. <laughs> and then the, the next, the next shift, it was like, you know, it's almost like you're, you're, you're watching like CYO basketball and like you're a parent and, and your, and your kid is like, just not, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's probably punching above his weight on a team and he gets out there and you're just like every little thing he does. It's like, it gets a huge, uh, cheer from the crowd because everyone knows he's the worst player on the team or something. <laughs> and that's how I feel right now with Bailey. Um, but like this this team needs you need all 12 players to be close to on form. And, and right now there's just one spot. I think you could maybe make the argument that two in the forward group because Beauvillier has been pretty inconsistent as well. Like like if, the, if if they're not if they don't have two guys going it's a big problem because they don't have the the player to make up for that to to provide the cover uh for for those net negatives you know whether it's uh you know a mcdavid type or whatever like they just don't have it um they don't have a line like the stars had Mm. you know they didn't have rupa hints the other night but like they have got that first line so if if another line isn't going or a couple players are having off nights like that line can still outscore those problems the Islanders just don't have it. Uh, and so I, I don't know what to do, but the Sashnikov thing I thought was a little bit of a flare in the sky from mm. uh, Lamarillo because we know he's he's always just itching to make a move with this team. <laughs> and uh, I was pretty excited because then like some Horvat, Horvat mm. stuff started to, to creep out. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, I think he 
he makes sense for the Islanders and, and he, he'll, he'll, he'll look good. Yeah. Uh, you know, he'll play the wing next to good to Kadri. They'll, they'll shift him over from center. We Kadri <laughs> good throw and, and, and Horvat is the Islanders top line. But he, he, like, I just, I think uh, like I got excited cause it was like, you, mm. this team has played well enough where, um, you know, this is a 32 with thoughtsism, which is uh, you, you hear all the time where it's like, if a team is playing well, and especially a team that's coming into a season without great expectations, like the Islanders are, like they've kind of earned the right to, for the general manager to go out there and get like a, an upgrade or a reinforcement. The only problem is like, that reinforcement will come at the expense most likely. Not saying that Bailey will be traded for anyone, but it would come at his expense, like his playing time and his kind of role with the team. Which, uh, I honestly have no idea how this group would react to him because. Yeah, they're this is they these this is like a group of uncles. They're all like, yeah. you know, you you all know those like big Irish or Italian families on Long Island. You go into the basement at a family party and you see like just the uncles in the corner. Like that's that's these guys. Like you got Uncle Brock, you got Uncle Bales, you got Uncle Marty. Um, they're all like I have no idea how a team this team would react to something like that. So, um, yeah. but it's they definitely could could use, uh, could use something like that just to to kind of settle them and stabilize them and give them more room for error yeah. because they're going to have nights and, and weeks like this. Yeah. I don't know if Brock Besser is the answer. I'm glad you brought him up because he was the other guy I was thinking of before the show. I was like, there was something else I want to talk about. I forgot now. Oh no, it, was, it wasn't Brock Besser. Horvat. They're the same person basically yeah. in my mind. too. <laughs> Bo Horvat. Same person. All Canucks, yeah. Whatever it is. It makes a difference. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they're the right people. I don't know who the right person is. I, I truly don't. And I hate, you know, the thing that drives me craziest online is the do something meme, like the little stick man with the stick and he's like poking at a, at a team logo, do something. I, I usually find that that's like, you know, that sort of presages a team making an incredibly stupid move that sets them back two years. And it's like, well, you said do something. And I, I hate that. And I don't want to be the do something guy. But the the group of uncles really does feel like pretty accurate. And again, it's not that we don't like these guys. I don't want to see any of these guys get traded. I really don't I want to see yeah. them find their identity together and win together and do this thing together. But it does feel like something has to change at some point if they're going to take a next step. I was thinking about this just before we came on that like Kyle Palmieri was acquired like a year and a half ago. And it feels like he's been here since the period. <laughs> like, like it's been here forever and he's only been he only got here a year and a half ago like i don't and jay pajot was two and a half years ago it's, again it feels like he's been here forever so and that and that's we're not even talking about the guys who have literally been here forever your nelson's your lees bailey's all those types of people so um you know it it's it just they might straighten out again they could potentially we could be back here a week from now and they could be on a four-game winning streak like i could totally see that happening but Ultimately, I, I, this team needs to find out what it is, who it's who it is that's going to take it going forward because they they need to you know kind of make make the leap into solidifying what they are and being hopefully a playoff team because uh, if not somebody's going to come up behind them and take their spot. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about a guy who doesn't play for the Islanders who had a fun Islanders experience <laughs> last week, and then uh, talk about some other stuff too. All right, come back with us on the other side. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. 
You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, vintageicehockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and jerseys featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and The Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. I don't need to tell you that Christmas is around the corner. Hanukkah is around the corner. Kwanzaa is around the corner. People, you're going to be giving gifts to people. Go to VintageIceHockey.com and buy those gifts. If they're Islanders fans, if they're hockey fans, get them cool stuff from VintageIceHockey.com. And while you're there, use the code ANXIETY to save yourself 15% off your order. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. They are all delicious, they're all priced at less than $15 a bottle, and they're all available at your local wine shop and at UBS Arena. I know my family's coming over this week for Thanksgiving. We got some Pinot Project wine ready for them. You'll want to do the same because it is absolutely delicious. We were having some the other day at at the little gathering we had, and I cannot recommend them enough. Uh, Learn more at thepinotproject.com, and please drink responsibly. Okay, so uh, last time we talked about an Islanders game against the Blue Jackets, and uh, one of the guys playing in that game was Johnny Goudreau who got a heaping dose of booze <laughs> from the Islanders fan crowd at UBS Arena, which uh, made a little bit of news this week. Uh, it got mentioned in a few places, and, and they asked Goudreau about it afterward, the game, and he's like, yeah, I don't know why they're booing me. I never talked to the Islanders. Uh, my friends at Broad Street Hockey brought this up on their podcast, too, of course, calling Islanders fans idiots because they're Flyers fans, and that's what they do. Uh, I found this uproariously funny because yeah. – it goes back to the Islanders fan mentality of you're either with us or you're against us. And this man showed no interest in playing for the Islanders. The Islanders showed no, the fact that the Islanders showed no interest in signing him is besides the point. He's not playing for the Islanders. The Islanders needed a guy like Johnny Goudreau. He's not an Islander now. So he's going to get some booze. I hope Johnny found the humor in it. He's a Jersey guy. He's got probably a good solid sense of humor. Uh, but uh, some people out there are like, I can't believe these people are so stupid. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, it's funny, whatever. I'm sure it'll only, it won't happen again, whatever. And I'm sure that Columbus fans are going to give him extra cheers when the Islanders play there just to spite them. And it goes back and forth and it's fun. Uh, but uh, you, you, like, you thought this was also uproariously funny because we talked about this. And it's just, it's just insane, like, kind of how it, it didn't, wasn't a lot. It wasn't a big story, but it did take off for a little bit. And of course, you know, everybody's got to get up on their high horse and soapbox and talk about it. But uh, I don't know. I just I thought it was some kind of a fun little side story of the season. It's like insider yeah, I thought joke. it was great. <laughs> yeah. And, and my favorite, I was, ha- I was just happy that, um, you know, people kind of saw it like that it, because, um, you know, when I was at the game and heard the booze. It was, I was cracking up. <laughs> my dad was cracking up and uh, it goes, you know, that Jason, I brought this up before Jason Demers, who I think is in the Oilers AHL team now, but he, you know, fraternity man, defenseman, no ties to the Islanders at all. Uh, never even really played in this area. Um, I remember when Tavares came back uh, for that game, he, he was tweeting about how 
like you know hell hath no fury like an islanders fan scorned um and this was kind of just like another step in that direction where it's just you know even 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 though you you did might not know why we're booing you um at all (laughs) and it might be confusing you uh it doesn't matter you're wearing the other you're wearing the wrong laundry Mm. uh so we have every right to and you know islander fans will take take it uh take it from there basically uh and yeah i saw the people being like islander fans are just you know they're they're just so dumb this is classless typical whatever but i think it's great i think it's another feather in the cap of, of of a fan base that cares like the passion very much so outweighs the number of people that root for this team uh you know tenfold maybe hundredfold and uh I think uh, the people. It, it was a good, another good kind of indicator of who, who, uh, you know, the people that you should follow and interact with in in the hockey world, and those who you should just kind of just ignore because they don't get it. Uh, it's a pretty good line of demarcation. Where the people who are like, yeah, you know, like look at these typical stupid Islander fans. Like, okay, that's an easy person just to never think about, read a, read a, any sign of their. Uh, any of their work ever again whereas the other people who are like yeah this is kind of funny that that the islanders are booing a fan a player who never uh, even talked to them during free agency um that said during the boos i i I dedicated a couple of my boos to the uh greater hockey media um (laughs) and those who also uh told us that you know that Gaudreau was coming yeah uh to the islanders all that time and uh some of my boos were also directed at the people who uh used that entire situation to throw rehash the same old uh lou lamarillo jokes over and over again uh oh lou must have slept you know he must must have missed the call because he like fell asleep from at 5 p.m when Gaudreau was about to make a signing <laughs> or whatever and, and all the the rumors you heard about oh yeah he's he he's he's just using the islanders for leverage or whatever um so those my booze were directed not just like johnny Gaudreau some of them were um but some of them were also directed at uh those people yeah some fake insiders uh some insiders who were terrible at being insiders <laughs> that day <laughs> and those who uh you know made the the the, the same old right. tired lou lamarillo jokes that you can read for uh three dollars a month every month <laughs> at the athletic. yeah i was gonna say like yeah oh i mean i, I agree totally because i was gonna say to these people like you know, yeah, obviously it's silly and petty that Islanders fans would boo Johnny Goudreau no matter what. But, I mean, we did spend literally an entire day having any insider worth his salt telling us that he was down to the Devils and Islanders. Like, I didn't inv- I didn't make that up. Like, that literally right. happened. And there was an entire panel of guys on ESPN, two of whom played for the Islanders, who were telling us that this was going to happen. I mean, God bless Rick DiPietro. He was literally going, come on, Johnny, come on, do it. Like on ESPN, uh, Rick's not an insider, obviously, but like, you know, kind of getting people's hopes up. And then we all sat down for dinner and then Elliot Friedman is just like, yeah, Goudreau's going to Columbus. I'll see you later. And that was it. I was like, wait, what what happened? So, you know, it wouldn't just make this up. Like if we hadn't heard that stuff, people would have been mad at Lou Lamorello and the Islanders for not signing him. But instead, we we had heard these stories that he was coming. He was down to the Devils and Islanders, and somehow the Blue Jackets ended up getting him. I mean, again, like you look at the Blue Jackets record, you look at the Islanders record. Maybe it's it's all end ups for the best. But I did find that kind of funny. But you know, it, it gets back. I'm glad you brought up the Tavares thing too, because like people people didn't understand that part of that too. 
It's like, oh yeah, we're booing the guy, obviously, but we're also booing the the machine, the 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 entire context and and the machine that made this whole thing what it was. And so, you know, booing Tavares is like booing the one guy, but I guarantee you that a lot of those boos, whether consciously or subconsciously, were for people like James Myrtle, Pierre Lebrun, <laughs> and Craig Custance, mm-hmm. you know, these types of people that made this whole thing. And Chris Johnston, these types of people that made this into a huge story that ended up, you know, hurting the Islanders. And even, you know, even though it had, was directed at one guy we could on the ice, the, it was meant for a whole host of people, some of whom will never understand that and probably still don't to this day. And they, you know, it's, at some point they've just never, never, they just went about their life. Whereas the rest of us had to kind of pick up the pieces and, and you know, rearrange ours uh, in the wake of that. So I just thought it was kind of funny that it happened. And, and I mean, again, yeah, no, it was, it, I think it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like a, it was a, it was something that I think is very um, unique to the Islanders yeah. and a good reminder of, of why this team is right. Uh, yeah. that I mean, it sucks being an Islander right. fan, but like, it's also a lot of fun for these <laughs> kind of moments. Cause they all really, yeah. I mean, it, don't think that they happen elsewhere. And, I remember people um, booing Ryan Smith when he came back after you know signing yeah. with Colorado that year, and it, it was strange then too. But it's I, it's, I totally understood. <laughs> like I totally it, get it. It would know? be funny, it, you know. We should one day dedicate an episode to just a list of players that got booed every time <laughs> they came came back. Because mm-hmm. a lot of them, you'd be like, "There's here's like you know, if we fill that entire roster, a lineup, right. you know, there there would be very easy ones to explain, like Tavares and." And Kirk Muller, mm. um, and then there would be ones like you know Christian Ehrhoff and 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 like Dan Boyle, and you'd be like, now these these ones take a little bit longer right. to to explain, you know, yeah. like they they um so uh and now Gaudreau is one of them, uh you know I thought it was pretty funny that I don't I mean I was watching on TV I wasn't at the the Flames game but I don't remember Kadri getting booed no um or, or coming out so it, it is funny that 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 uh. Yeah, you know he he kind of that's he a did good point. And, and he's yeah, and he's about also that. like the type of player that would kind of like feed off of it. So yeah. it might have been you know <laughs> pretty savvy from Islander fans just to not pick yeah. him. That's true. And I, I, was Panarin? I know there was a movement to boo Panarin when he first played. Not that they wouldn't have booed him anyway because he plays for the Rangers. But I don't know if that ever really came to anything. I think that was more like yeah, I mean just just let it go. Did did, that ever, did he ever get booed too or or no? I, I feel like he did. I feel like he did, mm. but I don't think it it lasted more than yeah um, one game man you know yeah. yeah and i think that this Gaudreau thing will now because it became a little <laughs> bit of a, a situation now if, now if the blue jackets right. had any you know had, had as has sense of humor as, as good a sense of humor as the nashville predators pr team has <laughs> uh the the blue jackets would have a columbus day johnny Gaudreau right uh day yeah uh, you know he gets the keys to the city on friday when the islanders <laughs> fly them or whenever it is that the, mayor, the mayor apologizes right. that you know his feelings got hurt they give out like 13 shirts or yeah. towels or something like I could totally see that. That would be pretty bad. Well, I wouldn't put it past them because they had one of the first sort of sentient, uh, self-aware Twitter accounts in the NHL. So hopefully they, they, they don't take it too far, but I, I think a bit of a bit of fun would be had. And again, I, I, I got to assume that Goudreau gets the joke, you know, and I think he's probably OK with it. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, as confused as he he may or may not be. But but, you know, if I were him, I'd be flattered like these people. They really wanted me to play for their team. <laughs> and it's like, it's, you know, take it up with your general manager, I guess. But, you know, they, these guys really, really wanted me. And, and I mean, I, I think the Islanders fans wanted him more than the Columbus fans did. Like, they weren't sitting around thinking, oh, what if we got Johnny Goodrow? But uh, 
if it wasn't for Eric Goodbranson putting in a good word for uh, with Yarmo Kekalainen, he might not even be a Blue Jacket. <laughs> so we'll see. But that is a good point about Kadri, though. Like he didn't get that either, and we all sat around. But there was, I, there was a lot less like sort of I think tying. Kadri to the Islanders because especially after a certain yeah. point it was like well who knows what he's going to do now we have no idea yeah well it was, it was over a long drawn out right. process right. too like the right. people were like it's the Islanders are the favorites it's, it sounds like it's going to be a done deal and mm. um you know that's all I've heard on uh from from Nazim Kadri situation now I'm going back to my cabin for a week I'll check back <laughs> in with you next week you know like it was in like such a dead time right for the hockey calendar too so yeah that while well, the Gaudreau thing was like you know it was a whirlwind right uh, and that, like concentrated and, in one day yeah um while we're on the subject of canadian media guys we might as well just get this out of the way too uh i don't know if you've heard this but uh i'm I'm using my jay leno voice now i don't know if if you've heard this have you seen this uh the (laughs) new jersey devils are the greatest hockey team in the history of the nhl this obviously cannot be debated uh there's not anything that's going to sway anybody from this they've won 400 games in a row they are on the top of all four divisions it's it's crazy that they're actually leading all of the divisions in the nhl They've already won the Stanley Cup and the President's Trophy, and uh, they're making hockey fun again, uh, which is something that nobody ever thought the New Jersey Devils would do. Uh, I've heard all this, by the way, from uh, Sportsnet, which is the 24-hour New Jersey Devils network now. They do more devil- they do more stuff on the Devils <laughs> than MSG does right now, uh, and uh, it's gotten a little irritating, and I meant to, you know, I, I, I DM Elliot Friedman sometimes on Twitter because he gets DMs from everybody. And so I'm like, well, if they're going to do it, I'm going to do it too. He never writes me back. <laughs> so I, I don't want to bother this poor man who's got so much on his plate already. But I did want to ask him if the Devils have reached the stage that he always talks about when Vancouver gets to, when people are like, please stop talking about the Canucks. I don't want to hear about them anymore because uh, I definitely don't want to hear about the Devils anymore. Good on them. Congratulations. It's, it's great having a season like this. Everything is going right for them. I held no ill will towards the Devils whatsoever. That's fine. I, I just, you know, I want the Islanders to do well, obviously, but whatever, it's okay. I am just so sick to death of hearing about these guys as if they're all going to the Hall of Fame immediately after the season ends. And just to tie it back to the Islanders, I'm sure you remember, and I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this remember the 2014-15 Islanders, which started out on a hot streak too that carried through the All Star Game. Like they were one of the best teams in the NHL, if not the best for most of that season going right up to the all-star game Kyle Posa got hurt things got a little bit kind of off balance for the rest of the season they went to the first they went to the playoffs and then they lost in the first round in seven games so I'm not saying that's going to happen to the Devils so far it looks like everything is working for them but uh I'm a little sick of hearing it. and so now I'm like you know if I listen to a podcast or a radio show and it's like oh, coming up we got we're going to talk about those New Jersey Devils I just skip it like I just I just I, I get it I get it they're good I get it I don't need to hear how how good they are. I don't need to hear any fawning over Nico Hishier or Jack Jack Hughes or w, Dougie Hamilton or whatever. Good for them. Let's move on to something else, please. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a class. It's the classic hockey uh, media, hockey Twitter yeah. um, personality trait that they take something that one person you know they think is hip or cool or the next big thing, and uh, you know they beat it to death. Yeah. Oh. Um, Right now, yes, the Devils. I mean, sometimes it was you know that the Trevor Zegris infatuation last year. <laughs> it's um, the Michigan goal. And, yeah, <laughs> and and you hear people always say, like, you know, why aren't more people talking about this? Right. And once 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 one Canadian says that, <laughs> you know that every, that that, right. that means that no, everybody's talking about it, and you right. just 
don't understand where where you are in this line mm. of of uh people um yeah it was uh it's it's nauseating to listen to because yeah. it's like i get like you i understand that it's a that it is the story the biggest story of the mm. season so far but it's the way that it's covered like you said which is it's like it's very jay leno like yeah. it's it's uh you know you can almost picture these guys with like cue cards in their hands like tapping them against the desk and you know welcoming in mm. all right ladies and gentlemen for my next guest it'll be uh you know ken danico <laughs> and talk about the devils and or just some random uh you know hockey media person to say you know i I didn't think that they were going to be good enough, but it looks like I was wrong. They're ahead of our projected schedule. Well, good for you and your schedule. Like, I don't know. What is that Uh, that supposed to mean? And it, it's, it, it, I mean, it's just the way that the whole cycle of this media is too. It's just, Mm. it's the NHL media is just for the most part insufferable (laughs) um, right now. Like, and and that's how it always is. Um, (laughs) Mm. Like it's, if it's, if, if it's, if I need to hear more, this is how it goes. Like, it's just, uh, right now it's, you know, is, is, is Jimmy Rutherford, you know, he, you know, he's talking again on, on, on this TV show. Is he, is he, uh, is he close to pulling the trigger on a move? I think he is, you know, I'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't do something by Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving comes, you know, I'm pretty sure Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Rutherford, the key, you know, he's given them a couple more d- games and then something will happen. And, uh, the same thing with with any other team. Then you got you know the obvious the obvious stuff with the Leafs. We talk about that, and it's been pretty quiet there, mm. unfortunately. Like you know, there's they, they haven't they haven't saved saved they haven't fixed anybody mm. yeah. uh, anybody yet. They didn't they didn't try to fix Nikita Shashnikov, uh, which you know bring him back for another spin, mm. uh, which which is surprising. Uh, they they didn't uh, fix so, Nicholas Obey Kubel. They just put his ass on waivers, and he went somewhere. Yeah, he was on waivers, and, and nobody said, "Hey, maybe uh, J- uh, Jonas Siegel's prediction that." he's going to be a fan favorite uh maybe for the capitals uh, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh nobody nobody you know may culpa is that yeah. uh and then yeah it's just it's it's tough uh everyone's want, like you know what are the senators gonna do right now you know is it is it time to panic in ottawa uh and i get like it's it's this the nhl season kind of just is a cycle that happens and then the playoffs start and that's when things start to really get exciting and it's not easy to, to come up with, with stuff to talk about on radio or podcasts every day. Um, but at the same time, you can, you know, try a little harder <laughs> than, than just talk about, uh, you know, Nico, Nico, he's sure scoring again and, mm. or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I do think though, just kind of wrapping up this whole part that, um, the, the devil's like, whatever if they run away with the division they run away with the division but i do think that them being the team that is um put some distance in between themselves and the rest of the metro right now is not a bad thing for the islanders because mm. like if if they come back down uh i'd expect i should say i expect them to come back down in some way with the goaltending situation that they have and whatever um even though goaltending doesn't count in the nhl it's just a made up <laughs> thing uh, that doesn't help or hurt your team's chances of winning. Um, it's, uh, I just, I, I think that's, I'd much rather, what I'm trying to say is I'd much rather be the devils right now who are doing, or 18 and three than, than the hurricanes or, you know, penguins or rangers. Um, cause I do, I can foresee a, a situation where they, you know, the, the chasing pack kind of closes the gap on them. And, yeah. uh, but yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my big takeaway from this entire era is that 
we need to enjoy the Islanders within ourselves because nobody else is going to let us do that. <laughs> like it's, it's impossible yeah. for us to, you know, expect other outside, you know, entities to enjoy that team as much as we enjoy our team. And it's been this way for, for a very long time when the Islanders were on their 17 game winning streak or, uh, you know, whatever, uh, you know, yeah, was was a winning streak? No, it was like a, a undefeated streak or it was whatever. That crazy point streak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't remember them getting these types of notices, but you know, that's just how it is. Uh, we enjoyed it. I was at the game when Cole Bardreau scored on his penalty shot goal against the Ottawa Senators and gave them eleven games in a row, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And that's all that really matters. And, you know, we sit here complaining about this stuff because we're huge hockey fans and we take it all in. But at the end of the day, you know, we we need to kind of enjoy our team on uh, on our terms and uh i think i think generally we do that you know when we can <laughs> when they're not driving us crazy as they did last week with uh blown leads and uh <laughs> and uh terrible starts but anyway uh okay uh we're gonna wrap it up here in a couple of minutes uh before we go a plug for our latest episode of weird islanders which dropped on friday ladies and gentlemen we got him we got down goes brown and he was on talking about Wendell Clark and who was his favorite player and uh, all of his memories of his time with the Leafs and all of our memories with uh, his insane short time <laughs> with the Islanders. Uh, tensions did rise towards the end. I got to <laughs> say no blows were thrown, but I think that's probably because we were in three remote locations at the same time. So, uh, you know, if we all got in the room together. Can't imagine, you know. I can't. I can't guarantee that that would be the same. But uh, it's we had a lot of fun. People have have gotten back to us said it was a great episode. So enjoy it because it is a lot of fun. And uh, Sean was was very helpful. And uh, boy, he loves Wendell Clark, man. I got to tell you, he really does. <laughs> and uh, so yeah. had a great time. Yeah, yeah. He's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> he, you know, he's like he, he's. You can kind of like he's got like the um, the kind of qualities that you and I love in other Islander fans. Mm. Um, it's just unfortunate that he's also got, you know, the, the, the sickness of being a Leafs media member at the same time. So there's like two combative <laughs> forces, but usually, usually the good wins. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, um, I do think he gets it though. Like he kind of gets, Oh no, exactly. Right. He so. gets it. Definitely gets yeah. it. And I just wasn't going to let him get away with <laughs> a couple of things. Yeah. He, uh, he, we, we had to, uh, we had to disabuse him of the notion that Shane Corson is a, uh, a player worth, uh, idolizing yeah. is that that's not going to happen and uh he, he mentioned some other guy named john Tavares, who i'm not familiar with but there you go but check it out uh it was a great episode one o'clock and uh we got some uh not this week but uh, the week after december 2nd is going to have another great episode too which we're going to record uh this week i hope uh that's about it uh for this week read lighthouse hockey every single day frame us up to date islanders news and discussion listen to uh our other podcasts and uh michael leboff where can everybody find you on twitter uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski on Twitter while Twitter still exists. Uh, how, how's the World Cup going? It's gotten kicked off. No beer. No beer at the World Cup, please. No beer. Uh, which is unfortunate for people yeah. that are there. But uh, how's, how's that been going so far? Uh, it's, yeah, it's been fun. The, the, yeah, it started this morning with Qatar, who's the host, mm-hmm. um, and Ecuador. Uh, and Ecuador won 2 nil, but they they had scored within like the first six minutes <laughs> of the match and uh var got involved very dubiously oh, no. and, and all of a sudden you know has var really ever looked like they, not been dubious in any situation at all uh, this one was this one was a, <laughs> this one was especially oh, dubious yeah. yeah it was it was something and uh it was uh with all the you know 
the talks of corruption. I, I heard, actually, I should say, I heard one great line uh, from a podcast about covering the World Cup. This guy, the writer Barney Barney Rone, who, who writes for the Guardian in England, and uh, just talking about how like we've just completely normalized corruption in, in all sports and like and bad behavior in all sports. And I guess that you know definitely bleeds into hockey with with some of the stuff that mm. has happened, uh, some of like the awful stuff going back to the you know the Blackhawks and you know just the Mitchell Miller thing and all that. Um, and his his point was incredibly succinct and frank and funny at the same time it was yeah we've kind of just normalized corruption there's not supposed to be corruption you know <laughs> there should be no corruption right. <laughs> and he's like yeah. but like it's it's since you know they, they got the world cup in qatar 12 years ago but people forget like they gave up two world cups on the same day fifa did mm. and they were to russia and qatar <laughs> uh in 2010 they did that and yeah um it, since then it's just been you know all this talk about these these bad actors getting mm. their way with the world cups and you know cor- corruption just being part of the kind of accepted yep uh you know kind of side plot in sports mm. yep. <laughs> he's just like there's, you know he's like there, there's supposed to be no corruption like that's the point right. <laughs> we're just kind of talking about it like it will always be it's always been here and will always be there yeah um but uh yeah i think that that kind of bodes true and uh you know in, in the nhl to some extent yeah. you, we're just like well you know we gotta you know abolish it's just that's part of hockey yeah. culture that we gotta try to abolish like no it's just not supposed to be there in the you know in, in first the first place, place. Yeah. And, uh yeah. and that is 100 percent true and that is also why you will not catch me ever watching an ncaa football game or basketball game ever in my entire life because <laughs> i can't take it man i, I can take the yeah, nhl another, another and their incompetence and you know corruption and things like that but man the ncaa, NCAA it's almost like can't do it and, and i'm not making light of the nhl stuff so i do right. apologize if this sounds like it but like it, sometimes when the nhl does something boneheaded mm. or terrible it's almost like they accidentally did it yeah just because of like the incompetence it's just like yeah. oh the nhl just stumbled into another hornet's nest by doing yeah. something terrible uh whereas the you you watch fifa this fifa doc on, on netflix yeah. or if you if you've been you know following along you're just like oh no like they're just they found it in every nook and corner. Like they found a way to be evil and corrupt. <laughs> yeah. If if you know, there's like a like a, go. a spectrum of like incompetence on one end and corruption on the other, the NHL definitely yeah. leans towards the incompetence side of the spectrum. Yeah, it's like those quadrants. You yeah. can do the quadrants. Like they they, <laughs> exactly. they tell you fun fun bad right good or or dull and and the NHL would would right. be in the like. I don't even know. They they'd be right in the middle, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're shading <laughs> over to they're the li- sort of like. You know, I don't know. If, uh, yeah, there's a quadrant of like corrupt and uh, and incompetence, and, but good and you know quality. Then they'd be kind of all over. The, yeah, in the middle or whatever. But uh, FIFA, they're all corruption. They're like they're they're, they're the the one trick pony of this whole thing. NCAA too. But anyway, well, that being said, listen to the Wonder Goal, <laughs> Mike's uh, soccer podcast, uh, to get all of your uh, World Cup uh, news and uh, and betting info. So check that out. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Have have a lot of turkey or whatever you're eating for this Thanksgiving. And uh, enjoy the time off. Islanders have a lot of games. So uh, hopefully they bring you uh, some joy in this uh, Thanksgiving season. And hopefully we are thankful for them and not, uh, not angry at them. Come next week. All right. We will talk to you again very soon. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.